The narcissist is also a borderline. Um, I can't say for definite that this is always going to be true, but it's so often true that you need to research both. A lot of people are doing their own research on narcissism, and I've made a couple of posts saying, look, it's kind of a bit silly now. Um, there's a lot of crap out there written about narcissistic personality disorder that really drifts away from any kind of academic and intellectual rigor. And what you can end up with is a scenario where people are self-diagnosing other people as being narcissists. And what it's come to mean is anybody who does anything that pisses me off. When you say to them, well, how are you gauging them as a narcissist? And can you define what a narcissist is? They have no means of gauging them as a narcissist other than if they did something that pissed them off. And they don't actually have a true functioning definition of a narcissist. We are not using the term narcissist the way that you'll find it in the Oxford English Dictionary. You might be the same as you find it in the uh, Diagnostics and, and Statistics Manual or similar to that, uh, or except it's been taken out last year. Um, when I'm talking about narcissism and when most people online are talking about narcissism, they're talking about malignant narcissism as a personality disorder that's fundamentally predatory in nature. If you want to know how to distinguish or how I distinguish narcissism, there's usually six things that I look for. Uh, a couple of them are, one is um, <clears throat> a total inability to take any responsibility for any of their own actions. And another good one is um, if they need to put other people down and to prey on other people in order to feel good, in order to feel normal, they have to inflict some kind of suffering on other people. Those are a couple of ways of detecting malignant narcissism. Now, what started to happen was I was working with more and more people and I'm working with clients and I'm learning more about borderline personality disorder and I start looking for both. So when people are telling me about narcissistic uh, ex-partners, I start checking, doing my check for narcissism and go, yes, that does sound like malignant narcissism. Well, no, it doesn't. Um, you could be dealing with somebody who's on the autism spectrum, somebody who's just acting like a bit of a dick for some reason, somebody who's stressed out, um, whatever it is. Or you take it away from narcissism and say, look, to call them narcissistic, a malignant narcissist with malignant narcissistic personality disorder isn't that useful. Maybe let's just call them abusive. Let's just call them manipulative and or toxic. So I started to look more for borderline and um, lo and behold, <coughs> I found it. In psychology, that's called affirmation bias or confirmation bias, where you find what you're looking for. Um, but the kind of the funny and slightly pathetic thing was, I was all pleased with myself as I have discovered an amazing new thing. Nobody knows about this. All your narcissists are actually comorbid, meaning they have uh, both uh, personality disorders at the same time. Your narcissists are all comorbid with borderline, and I thought that was really clever. And then I went through my uh, YouTube comments one day, and I could see that somebody months ago had posted a comment that I hadn't seen that said actually most narcissists are comorbid with borderline. And if you go and do the research, Sam Vaknin, he makes that point several times. And I was really deflated. I was like, I thought that was my own personal discovery, but apparently it's well known. Um, so when you look at narcissism, if you only study narcissism and you don't study borderline at the same time, you could be missing a huge piece of the puzzle. Uh, the other thing is, is look, it, you don't have to take it from me but you should take it from somewhere. You need a way of deciding whether somebody is a narcissist or not. 
just because somebody doesn't do something that you want them to do or they disagree with you doesn't mean you should knee-jerk respond that person's a narcissist that's not how it works you need a bit more academic and intellectual rigor than that when you're using this term do look for the borderline in it as well and um, borderline is a um, if somebody is comorbid by the way borderline with narcissism oh you put a doozy they're really really difficult and a lot of the material out there says oh it's borderline is mainly females it's bullshit it's absolute bullshit there are just as many as I'm looking around, I can see there are just as many male borderlines as there are female borderlines. It's a, it's a kind of very deeply ingrained um, uh, sexism that says, oh, it's borderline, more emotional, more hysterical, more insecure, must be women. No, no, no. There's just as many men. The difficulty is if you have somebody who's comorbid borderline and narcissism, it's probably about the most abusive combination of personality disorders to have. A narcissist can be handled. Um, a, a pure borderline who is basically a benign borderline, very easy to, to deal with. They just need support. They need empathy. They need to be told, I'm not going to abandon you. I do value you. You are a good person. And then you just remain emotionally constant when they're doing the borderline thing with the emotional dysregulation as they're dipping up and down. And the more constant you are, the more you can bring a borderline back into your emotional constancy, which you could say, well, that sound, kind of sounds like a cure for borderline. It will work for people who are not very borderline, <laughs> who are benign borderlines. It will work because they learn borderline from somebody else. This idea of it being genetic is preposterous. There is absolutely no scientific basis for any uh, personality disorder or indeed personality trait being rooted in, in the biology. There is no scientific research that backs that idea. It's learned. So if you can learn to be emotionally dysregulated, you can learn to emotionally re-regulate. It's highly likely that you that you learn the emotional dysregulation either through a parent who you're in a long-term intimate relationship with or through a partner who you're in a long-term intimate relationship with. And I'll, I'll do another video on how you learn emotional dysregulation and you can unlearn it. You can learn to become emotionally constant and not be so with your reactions. So do study borderline as well. Okay, that's enough on that subject for today. I think if you've got any questions, and I'm sure a lot of you will, please write them in the comments section below and I will answer them um, over the next few days as ever. Thank you very much for your time and your attention, and I will speak to you soon. Cheers.